hardly express love during any other day to express that love on that day. Amen. Uh, how many of you know that many girlfriend and boyfriend became exclusive relationship on Valentine's Day? It's quite a lot too because some of the guys, they're sometimes, you know, kind of scared to ask and pop that question and they take that opportunity during the Valentine's Day uh, with all of the atmosphere to pop that question. So congratulations to those of you who have become girlfriend and boyfriend uh, this Valentine's Day. Uh, I want to give up uh, the baptism certificate because a couple weeks ago we baptized uh, uh, three individuals and we want to celebrate and honor them. Uh, first one is Maurice. Uh, I know this is a presidential weekend, so maybe they are, they are probably traveling. Uh, and I have Erwin Suparno for Vanessa, Aurel, Vanessa Wong. And then we have uh, the other Erwin too, if he's not working. Okay. <laughs> I know this is a president's weekend, so it's a lot of things going on. Congratulations, Erwin. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I know a lot of people are traveling. Uh, Hope that they are safe wherever they are. I just came back from Indonesia about three weeks ago, and then I have a, to have an emergency trip to Las Vegas last week. So that's why I miss you guys uh, last week. Uh, no, I did not go there by myself to celebrate my birthday. Uh, a lot of people text me like, "Wow, you're so mean! You just left your family and go to Vegas and enjoy yourself." No, I did not. <laughs> I was there for 18 hours, guys. Uh, I was there just for 18 hours, and we have two intensive uh, meetings with our church leaders in IFJF Las Vegas. So, uh, so that's it. I, I don't want to talk about it because it's a very intense meeting. Uh, uh, I'm just glad that I'm home right now to be with you guys. Amen. Um, listen, listen, okay? Um, I, I had a good talk this past weekend with, with Connor. You know, we, we went to the Seattle Dragons uh, game. I don't know how many of you know what's a Seattle Dragons. Basically, uh, we have an XFL team now. Uh, it's for the love of football. To those of you have, uh, who have, uh, what do you call that, uh, hangover from the Super Bowl. So basically, now they created an XFL for those people who have a hangover from the NFL. And so we went to the historical game opener, which is last Saturday, which is yesterday. Uh, and I took Josh uh, and Connor, the two youth, you know, two great young men with me. And we just had fun, right? Just enjoy. The game was, eh, meh, meh, you know, so-so. Uh, <laughs> uh, people asked me like, oh, how is it? How's the Seattle Dragons? How's the XFL? And I summarized it in two sentences. Low budget, low performance. Okay? <laughs> but again, it's historical because... Maybe to, yesterday it was uh, meh, but 50 years from now, I can, you know, we can tell our grandchildren, I went to that first historical home game of the XFL, you know. Who knows? Maybe they don't survive 50 years. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. I hope they will survive. I think it's a very cool name, Seattle Dragons, you know. When they came out from the dugouts, instead of saying, the Seattle Dragons coming out from the dugouts, like, they are coming out from the dragon lair. <laughs> You know, with fire and everything. That's kind of cool, you know. As a man, you like fires, you know. <laughs> uh, but when I was in the car, I was chatting with Connor before I picked up uh, Josh, just the two of us. We were talking about life, you know. Uh, it's always like that, you know, when you are in your car with your dad alone. What do you talk, right? Uh, you talk about life. <laughs> so I talked with Connor about life. Uh, and I told him this one statement, which I think I want to share with you too. Because I want you to know where I'm coming from when I share over the next 20 minutes. I said, Connor, you know what? Sometimes mom and dad give you advice that you don't like. 
uh, and maybe sometimes you disagree with the advice that we gave you because of the circumstances that you are in, that there is a mismatch of, uh, of that idea, right? But I want you to know that whatever advice that mom and dad gave you, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's a good idea or not, it is for your own good. It is for you. It is for your future. It is for your life. And it is not for me. Because I said, one day, mom and dad is going to get old and, uh, you know, eventually we will pass away. And what's left is you. You and your decision and your, hopefully your spouse and your children and your children's children rested in your choice and decision. So when I tell you this advice, it's not for my benefits, it's for your benefits. Because it's your life, it's your decision, it's your choice. Are you, are, do you understand me? He said, yeah, I understand, I understand. I said, so, so it's okay if we disagree. It's okay if you don't like what I advise you. But I want you to keep in mind always that whatever advice I gave you is for you and for your benefits. It's no benefits to me. Right? If I advise you to go to college and to go to school, and if you disagree and you don't want to go to college, who's going to suffer you? Because I'm going to go away. You know, I'm going to grow old. I'm going to pass away. And I'm done with this life. And you will have to continue that life, right? And I, and I mommy and daddy always pray that we want you to have a good, blessed, and victorious life, right? How many parents here would like that for your kids? Of course. I don't, I don't believe that any of the parents here, no matter how good or bad you are, you wish your kids to have a mediocre life. You know, I wish my kids will have a so-so life. How many of you have watched that, uh, that show? I forgot the, that show now. You know, that cartoon Pixar show? Uh, it's, about, uh, it's about a rabbit that becomes a policeman. Zootopia, yeah. How many of you have watched that Zootopia, right? Uh, that, that rabbit uh, told the parents, Dad and Mom, I want to be a police. Oh, why? Just stay here, grow carrots. Just be so-so. Don't be impactful. Just keep your daily lives just, just so-so. <laughs> I don't think parents want that. I think most parents want their kids to have a blessed and spectacular life, right? How uh, I many of you know that sometimes in our lives, we don't understand what's going on? You know, one day in, in the counter, uh, in the cashier counter in a grocery store, this man was waiting for a woman in front of him. And this woman was trying to buy a toilet paper, you know, a toilet paper. And, he, and she ran out of money. She doesn't have enough cash. And so she was like checking out all the coins, you know, counting the coins. And she doesn't have enough. And she's taking up too much time. And then the, uh, the, the man behind said, hey, you know what, lady? I will pay for this toilet paper for you, you know. And then the lady was so, so happy. So, oh my God, thank you so much. You are so kind. Every time I use this toilet paper, I will be thinking of you. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that life, right? It's like you want to do good, but then people uh, misconstrued you or misunderstood. Uh, one day when, you know, when this person is taking an Uber, uh, whenever there is a red light, the Uber driver slam on the gas and like, Go across the red light, and the, the woman, the woman passenger said, Hey, stop! Stop doing that. And then he kept doing that. Every time the red light you know, hits, he always slammed the gas and passed. He said, Don't worry, lady. My brother always does it. And then he, he kept doing that. And the lady the lady passenger said, Hey, quit doing that, man. It's dangerous. Said, Don't worry, lady. My brother always do that. You know, and then when it turns green, he slammed the brake. <laughs> 
and he stopped. He's like, why did you stop? It's green. He's like, I'm just worried my brother might be here in this intersection. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I want to uh, title today's sermon, and it's also inspired actually by my conversation with Connor. Actually, Connor made this, uh, this uh, title actually for me today. It says, we are called to be a thermostat. We are called to be a thermostat. You are called to be a thermostat. Okay? So what is a thermostat? Let's, let's define a thermostat. Scientifically, I found this in the Webster Dictionary. It says a thermostat is a component which senses the temperature of a physical system and performs action so that system's temperature is maintained near a desired set point. How many of you get smarter already? By that definition, I felt smart just by reading it, you know. Um, a device that automatically regulates temperature or that activates a device when the temperature reaches a certain point. That is the definition of a thermostat. You are called to be a thermostat. So what does it mean in a layman's, layman's term? You are a rainmaker. Can you say it to your left and right? You say, you are a rainmaker. You are a rainmaker. That means that you, when you enter into a, a community, when you enter into your family, when you enter into your care groups, when you enter into your, your campuses, you are the person that sets the tone and atmosphere of your community. You understand? When you are called to be a rainmaker, when you are called to be a thermostat, it means that when you enter into your campuses, when you enter into your community, when you go back home and enter into your family, you are the one that sets the temperature and the tone and the atmosphere of those people that is around you. We are called to be a thermostat. We are not called to be a thermometer. And what's a thermostat? Uh, maybe there's a photo, right? Just in case if you're still confused. What's a thermostat? These are just a common thermostat, just in case, you know. Uh, people get smarter and smarter, you know. I think that's used to be the, the quite an old-fashioned thermostat where you set the temperature that is, uh, you know, from 35 degree to about 85 degree. Uh, just in case if you are still wondering what is this item in your apartment uh, and you always get cold during the winter, set it to that that point, okay, and you will never get cold again, okay, so you set whatever temperature you want, if you feel comfortable at 70, you set it to 70, you keep it there, and then your, your room temperature will always stay at 70, when the room temperature drops below 70, the thermostat will tell something inside, you know, you guys are more technical than me, this material thing that is so scientific, it will tell this thing to say, hey, you know what, the room temperature is not correct, let's activate something, something, you know, <laughs> and then it will blow the air, and then the temperature of the room will go up back to this, whatever degrees that you set it. I know some people may not know what is a good temperature at home, so in the older thermostat, you will see comfort zone. I mean, how many of you have ever seen that? Like, sometimes you're confused, like, so what temperature do I set it? Like, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, you know, like, so now the, the, the thermostat company feel like, okay, for the dummies, uh, 101, they, they put it comfort zone. So if you put the dial into that comfort zone, you will be somewhat comfortable. So that is uh, the common uh, thermostat. Of course, the middle one is the most advanced, which is NAS. Uh, it's all digital. You can use your iPhone to, uh, to control the temperature. So these are thermostat. Thermost the function of thermostat is to set 
the temperature. And what is a thermometer? I know some of you are like, oh man, it's a President's Day now. I have to learn physics and chemi chemistry. <laughs> a thermometer is a device that tells the temperature. Wow, Irwan. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> a thermometer is a device that measures temperature. It can tell the temperature, but it can never change the temperature. We as Christians, we as followers of Jesus, we are called to be a thermostat. We are not called to be a thermometer. So let me give you some illustration. Or maybe let's, let's read some Bible verse first, okay? Make it much more holier since you're in church. Yeah. Romans 12. Romans 12. Romans 12. And I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Uh, Romans 12 verse 2. It says this. Stop. <laughs> By the way, uh, it's so funny because uh, Connor is teaching the uh, the middle class today, and he's going to use the same verse too. And so I said, "Oh, perfect! Then we we can both call the uh, the class we are called to be a thermostat." So he's going to use that too. Um, it says this: Romans twelve verse two. It says, "Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think." This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So when God guides you, and when God changes you, and when God calls you, He does not call you into restriction and limitation, but He calls you because He has something better for you. The same way like I said, Daddy and Mommy, when, when Daddy and Mommy gave this advice to you guys, it is for your good, it is not for me. Because one day I'm just going to be gone. And you are going to be left by yourself and with your brothers and your spouse and your, your kids and hopefully your kids' kids and not by yourself homeless out in the ditch somewhere, you know. But it's for your good. So when God says, hey, stop imitating what the ideals of the culture is talking about you and what's right and what's cool about, about the society, think for yourself. Discern, understand what is good and what is not good. What is harmful for you and what is not harmful for you. Think what is the benefit for you and not the, the cost for you, right? Think about it. Don't just follow it without knowing it. Romans chapter 2 again, and I'm going to read it. Of course, I have to read it in the MSG version, ah, right? Because it's so flavorful. So I, I told Connor, read it for the kids in the MSG version. So here's the MSG version, verse 1, Romans 12. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, maybe in campuses, studying, working, place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the cultures around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Develops well for maturity in you. To those of you who are students in this place, the next 15 minutes that I'm going to sh share with you is for your good. It's for the best of you. I'm not here trying to be naggy like your dad and mom. How many is mom and dad naggy? Right? 
too many mom and dad nagging. I understand. But when they nag, it does not mean that they have they want to do harm to you, but they want the best for you, right? So here's here's the thing. So I want to read to you a, a Facebook uh, post. I got permission ready. Don't worry. This is from a friend of mine. Uh, and, I, and I felt like this is a good illustration of being a thermostat in your family. And this is from the point of view of moms, okay? So those of you who are not moms yet, you can learn from this because one day, hopefully, you'll be moms and you will face this situation. And here you go. This is, and this is from my friend, okay? He says, I've been a mom for 11 years and 6 months, 7 days, and a handful of hours. And today, it happened. I had to hold strong on a boundary with my kiddo, and he lost it. In his anger, I got the first, I got for the first time as a mom, at least to my face, the, you are the worst mom ever, and the ultimate, I hate you. Surprisingly, I was very calm and peaceful because I know two things. Number one, neither of those are true. Number two, my son knows I love him enough to set boundaries and love him no matter what he says to me. I spoke to him very calmly and said, I understand that you were angry and mad and that's okay. See, she is setting the tone. She is not reading the temperature. You understand what I'm trying to say? And you are welcome to say things that are true, like I'm so angry, mom. I'm so frustrated, mom. I'm so mad, mom. It's so unfair, mom. But let's not say things that aren't true that you are saying just to hurt people's feelings. He calmed right down and I could tell that he understood that got to be a win. In your atmosphere, in your community, in your circle of friends and family, sometimes the temperature could be high, right? Maybe mom and dad are having tensions. Maybe parents and children are having tensions. You are called to be a thermostat. You are going to set the tone and the atmosphere of the culture. You understand what I'm trying to say? I think it's very important because too many times we, doesn't matter whether you are young or old, we are sucked to be a temperature of the atmosphere of whatever you are in, whether it is in your family, whether it is in your school, or whether it is in your care group, or in, in the church, or in any community. You are sucked, and then suddenly the atmosphere of the whole community becomes so heated up, and nothing can get done. Nothing can get resolved when you are the thermometer rather than the thermostat. Um, I don't have an illustration for thermometer, but I think you guys get it, right? Uh, I don't want to sound so negative or something like that. So how do we become a thermostat? There are three things I want to say. So number one, and it's from Romans chapter uh, 12 just now. Number one, stop imitating the opinions of the culture around you. Don't be so formal. Oh my God. You are weak if you are formal. You are not weak. You are an overcomer. You are a rainmaker. Don't be so formal. You guys know what's formal? Fear of missing out. You know? Don't worry if you don't get invited to parties. I don't get angry. I don't get discouraged if I don't get invited to parties. I'm thankful I don't get invited. Then I have to spend less money. <laughs> don't be fear of missing out. A new husband, you know, sometimes... How I many of you know that you do things to do things 
not knowing what is the reason you do things. How many of you understand what I'm asking? <laughs> many of you like doing things or living your life every day doing these things, but you actually don't understand why you do these things. I have an illustration. It says, it says this, A new husband watched curiously as his bride prepared for, to place a ham in the oven. Before putting it to cook, she took a knife and carefully trimmed off both ends of the ham. And the husband asked, Why did you do that? I'm not an expert at cooking hams, but I don't think I ever saw anyone cut off both ends of the ham before cooking it. The wife answered, You know, I don't really know. I never cooked a ham before, but that's the way my mother always did it. And her curiosity aroused and she called her mom and asked her why she always cut off both ends of a ham before she cooked it. And then the mom said, now that you mention it, dear, I actually don't know. That's just the way your grandmother always did it. Other than that, I honestly don't have a clue why I have to cut off both ends of the ham every time I want to cook it. Determined now to unravel this mystery, the young bride, together with the mom, called the grandma and asked her why she always cut off both ends of the ham before she cooked it. And the grandma gently said, Well, sweetheart, the first oven we own can fit that whole ham. So I had to cut both ends to make it fit. <laughs> After that, I guess it becomes a habit. <laughs> Sometimes in our culture, in our tradition, we have no clue why you do what you do. You just do it because you saw your grandma do it, your mom do it. And then your mom did it because she saw her grandma did it. And maybe her grandma did it to her. You know, and it passed on and on and on. And, and then after four generations, you have no clue why you did it. You know, my, my son always liked to create our family tradition. He said, how about we do our tradition too? You know, it's so funny. He's so young. He's only like 14 years old. And he's like, let's set a tradition for us now. And then we can pass this tradition from generation to generation and then eventually they will, they will ask like, why did they, did they do it? You know, this, this stupid tradition. You know, how many of you have, have a tradition like that at home? You know, maybe every Chinese New Year, you have to follow this specific thing, right? Or maybe every Valentine's Day, you have this uh, culture that you have to wear new underwear. I don't know. You know, <laughs> What, whatever culture, have you ever asked why you do what you do? Or maybe in your community with your school friends, you hang out and they do what they do. Have you ever asked why? Why do I have to follow you? Why do I have to do what you do? Why do I have to imitate you? Have you ever asked? Oh, everybody is cool because this is the in thing. This is the trend. Like, yeah, but why? Ask that question, right? Why? Why do you do those things? I know it's trendy, but it ain't look beautiful on you. How many of you have seen that, uh, uh, that new fashion that is coming up in 2020 where men is trying to wear these lace uh, shorts? You guys know what's a lace shorts, right? It's usually used in, uh, in women's inner, inner uh, clothes, but now uh, in 2020, that's going to be a man's fashion. They're going to wear these shorts, but it's so tight and it is lace. And I look at it, I'm like, I hope nobody catch on to this thing. It looks stupid, okay? I don't have to ask why. I'm not that smart, but I already know why. 
I'm not going to wear that, especially when I'm preaching at church. I know, I'm crazy about my outfit, but I have limitation too. Okay, I ain't going to wear those things. Number two, be transformed from the inside out. A lot of times we come to church, you want, you know what, I want to, I want to be a Christian. So you come to church and you follow some the tra- tradition and culture, isn't, even within the church, without being aware that you are not being transformed at all. A true Christian will be transformed because our God is a spiritual God. And the, the Bible said when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Yes, you are not going to be perfect overnight. But there got to be transformation that is happening in your life. Otherwise, people will be like, wait a minute. What kind of God did you worship? Your God is not able to transform you from inside out. That's kind of strange, right? I, I, uh, I, when I was, uh, when I was uh, a young Christian, uh, I, uh, I came from a Buddhist background. Again, I, I said this thing not to, kinda dis- uh, not to compare or not to look down on anybody. This is just my own revelation. As a young Christian at the time, uh, I came to Seattle. You know, I, I was taking a trip to Seattle and I went to Viet Hoa. How, how many of you know Viet Hoa? You know, right now, yeah, when I was, uh, when I first get to college in Seattle, that's the only place I can get my sambal, ABC, Indomie, you know, that's the only place, Viet Hoa. You know, you can get your curry paste and all that. So I went to Viet Hoa with a couple of friends, you know, and then uh, they, they were still shopping and I was waiting outside. To those of you who know the Viet Hoa in Chinatown, across from the grocery store, they sell all sorts of, like all these Chinese uh, traditional stuff, you know, including fake money, uh, 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 Joystick, you know, what do you call that? Incense sticks and, and all sorts of things. And then suddenly a revelation came to me. I said, if I buy, you know, they, they also sell Buddha and they, 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 they sell Kwan Im and all that stuff. And me coming from a young Christian, when I look at those, uh, you know, uh, statues and I'm like, that's kind of strange, huh? Again, I'm not trying to look down on anybody. Please don't get mad, okay? Because I understand, okay? I'm, this is just my revelation. I'm like, that's kind of strange because... They, they come in uh, four different sizes. The small one is $39.99. The little bit bigger one, $49.99. A little bit bigger one, $59.99. And then the extra large one is $69.99. So you choose whatever size you want, you know. And then it comes it down to me like, oh, if I buy that God for $39.99, this uncle is going to wrap it in the blue paper, put it in a Vietnam plastic bag. And I carry it home. I buy. I carry. I get home. Now he become my God. Wait a minute. This is something is missing here. I buy my money. Packaged by that uncle. I took it home in, my, in the Vietnam plastic bag. Now when it gets home, I'm the servant. That thing is the God. I have to feed that thing. That thing can't transform us because I carry it in my plastic bag. But the God that we worship can transform you from the inside out and you have to experience that transformation in order for you to be able to be a thermostat. Because if you are not transformed from the inside out, it will be very easy for you to become a thermometer which means that you can read the temp- 
temperature of what's going on in the room, and then you will be sucked in by the temperature. For example, if your if your surroundings are very negative, very toxic, and you are inside and you are not being a thermostat, sooner or later you will be toxic too. You'll be negative too. But instead, if you are called to be a thermostat, and if you are in the circumstances like the mom. Uh, Facebook post that I read is that you need to be able to control the situation and turn around the temperature. You understand what I'm trying to say? Right? Sometimes, you know, when, uh, again, I'm not trying to dis discredit anyone, you know, sometimes when the ladies, you know, hang out and then they start to complain about the other party, you know, like, uh, and then instead of telling your friend, your girlfriend, like, hey, you know what? You're mad right now. Let's not talk more. Because the more you talk, the more you're going to regret what you said. That's a thermostat, right? You're trying to change now the atmosphere. Hey, you know what? Let's stop talking. Because you're mad. I understand you're mad. You're angry. You're frustrated. But stop talking. Because the more you talk, you're going to regret it, and you're going to affect the people around you. So let's stop talking. Maybe we'll reconvene tomorrow after you sleep. But a lot of times when you're a, temp uh, a thermometer, instead of saying that, you're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. This guy told me, yeah, oh man, my goodness, you know, let's spread this gossip all over the city. And then it spread all over the city and then you found out that it was a wrong information. And now Tommy's reputation is broken. Uh-oh, you regret because you are being a thermometer rather than a thermostat. Be transformed inside out. You can only be a thermostat, if you're transformed inside out, meaning this, those who are in Christ, they are new creation. The old has passed. The way you talk and you control the situation should change too. Amen? Because that will bring a blessing. You know, sometimes in church, even in church, we have to be very careful. You know, uh, especially 2020 is an election year. Once we start talking about politics, even church can, can fall apart. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You know, oh, he, Republican, oh, Democrat. You know, if you are sucked into this conversation, our friendship can be broken just because the temperature of the political climate influences us as a church. But I hope not. I hope that we are higher and bigger than the political climate of this country. Right? We can say, hey, you know what? Let's not talk about that. It's politics, you know. Let's not hurt our relationship. Let's talk something else, you know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because it's an election year. Hmm. Many times, the way we set the tone and the temperature in our family, listen, in our family, is by the transformation that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Sometimes our family also need us to set that tone. I don't know how many of you come from a family that are so negative, so toxic, so dark, so hopeless, and you are just sucked into that temperature. You are sucked in that tone and atmosphere. I tell you, be transformed by the Holy Spirit and you change the tone of the temperature. How? Sometimes by our attitude, sometimes by our mouth, you know, just like David. He said, like, oh soul, oh soul, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Bless the Lord. David telling his soul, hey soul, why are you so downcast? Why are you so negative? Why are you so scared? Why are you so worried? Bless the Lord, my soul. Sometimes you have to do that. Practice it. No, 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 no. Don't worry. You don't look like a crazy person. It is, it is good. Good exercise. Speak it. Number three, to discern the truth. 
separate the popular opinions versus the real truth. I know it's easy for us to just be sucked into the popular opinions. When the majority said it's true, that means it's true. It's not true. When the majority said it's true, does not mean it's true. When everybody is doing it, does not mean it's stupid. If it is stupid, it is stupid. Can I say that? You know? Okay, forgive me. Because the truth will set you free. And guys, if you are new, don't worry. Don't judge me by what I said. Okay? Man, so harsh. Okay, last one. Last one. Four more minutes. I'm done. People said Christianity is a loss of freedom. People said that if I want to become Christian, if I want to follow Jesus, that means I have to lose freedom. The truth is, freedom is actually the ability to say no to wrong and to say yes to right. Freedom is the strength to refrain from harm. That is freedom. Freedom is not all yes. Sometimes freedom means no. Or the strength to say no. That is also freedom. Many people lack the correct understanding of who the God they worship and hence they are worried to give up certain things for true freedom. They thought that God was in a business of putting us in bondages. But God actually is setting us free. Through freedom come in Jesus Christ. And Tim Keller said this, and I'm just going to read from Tim Keller's observation. He says this, a fish, because it absorbs oxygen from water rather than air, is only free if it is restricted and limited to water. That restriction and limitation does not mean that that fish lose freedom. Actually, the best environment that that fish can thrive is in the water. It's restricted and limited to the water. Sometimes we don't do things not because it is restrictive. It is not we are, we, we are bonded and it is within the limitation. It is because we are living in freedom why you want to choose limitation and restriction. Tim Keller, in his book, Reason for God, observed that one of the principles of love, we're talking about love, right, Valentine's, either love for a friend or romantic love, love for a spouse, is that you have to lose independence to attain greater intimacy. If you want the freedom of love, husband and wife, listen to this, the fulfillment, security, and sense of worth that it brings, you must limit your freedom in many ways. You cannot enter a deep relationship and still make unilateral decision or allow your friend or lover no say in how you live your life. To those who just become boyfriend, girlfriend, welcome to relationship. You have just surrendered your rights to freedom. Dude, this is not bitterness, okay? It's not bitterness. I don't go out late at night and hang out with my buddies in a bar. Is it that I lost freedom? No, not really. I just have no interest to hang out with my buddies late at night in a bar. And I don't think it's right for husbands to hang out themselves with their buddies and their girl bodies late at night in a bar or in wherever, you, you just 
just walk in line with yourself. That's tough enough. Right? You cannot do that. Right? <sighs> so tired. I can feel the heat coming. But it's okay. I'm a thermostat. I will change it in a few minutes. Freedom is not the absence of limitation and constraints. But it's finding the right one. Once you realize how Jesus changed for you and gave himself for you, you are not afraid of giving up your freedom and therefore finding your freedom in him. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Let's all stand. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Hey, let's stop being quiet. Let's change the tone now. How about we read this together? Come on. Are you guys okay? Let's read this together. So that you understand, you are not being bonded. You are not within restriction. You have not lost your freedom. It is the opposite. Let's read this together. Would you? Three, two, one. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. You are man for freedom. When you deal with those who are negative, you don't have to let them infect you. You can infect them. When you deal with fears, you do not let fears or fearful news drown out your faith. You can change that. When you are put in a toxic environment, does not mean you, you should change to be toxic too. You can change it. Come on. How many of you are in a toxic relationship? I can tell which one is in a toxic relationship immediately. I can see from up here, you know, even though I'm short, that this thing is quite high. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Who are in toxic relationship? Good. <laughs> Not that obvious now. Just as like, who is the toxic? Come on, you are called to be a thermostat. Agreed? You are the rainmaker. You are called to not just do ordinary life without knowing why, but you are called to transform your community. When you arrive in that room, that room brightens up. Come on. Because when light has come, darkness has to go. You are the light of the world. Come on. I know some Christians, when they enter into the room, everybody's like, oh gosh. Oh, that Christian is so uptight. Oh gosh, that Christian is so... Why? Come on, if Jesus were to be like that, he wouldn't be invited to parties. But when Jesus enters into a room, he'll brighten up. He brings hope to that room. That's why he's invited to the parties. That's why there are 12 men following Jesus without football. I can't even have 12 buddies without football. That's how cool Jesus is. Man, he is such a cool dude that every party he's invited. So, you are the thermostat. Say it even if you are not yet. You say, you know what? From today onwards, I am the thermostat. I'm enough obeying the thermometer. I don't want to read your temperature. 
I want to change your temperature. Come on, right? There's so much negativity in this world right now. Every time I look at CNN, I can only survive less than 35 seconds. So much negativity. I say, you know what, CNN, enough. I'm the thermostat. I decide what news I want to read. That's why I like Facebook. Because Facebook knows what I like to read. So smart. CNN just give me whatever. But Facebook, it filter first. It's, oh, no, no, no. The algorithm said, Irwan doesn't like negative news. He would rather read people who get married than who die. Yeah. I like to read new invention, like, oh, the Tesla trucks invention. Like, oh, then he gave me that. Yeah. Sometimes I look at golf stick and then suddenly golf news. Me happy. How many of you know that Michelle Wee is pregnant? That is good news. I'm just kidding, guys. But you get what I mean, right? Kidding aside, I want to pray for you. Okay? We sing songs good, but they got to be an inside out transformation. Right? For those of you, we also want to pray. For those that are affected by coronavirus, okay, I'm not trying to be joking and then I don't care and be insensitive to the real issue. I, I am, I understand. I understand that the coronavirus does not originate from Corona beer. I get that. Okay, it's not. I know, I'm not that smart, but I know it's not from drinking Corona beer. Okay, and I, I'm not supposed to encourage you to drink Corona beer either. I know. People ask me like, is it true, Pastor? I look from the WhatsApp news that if you drink hot liquor, not the soft liquor, hot liquor, I don't know what it means, soft liquor and hot liquor, he said it will kill all the coronavirus. Is it true? I said, yeah, probably it's true. Yeah, it kills your lungs, your liver, your kidney, <laughs> your brain. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Please don't let me diagnose you, okay? But what I'm trying to say is that, yes, there is bad news, there is negative news. Maybe your environment is so negative, but today we can make a decision that you are set free by Christ for freedom. And we are going to be rainmaker. Not making rain, but rainmaker to be the change agent, to be the catalyst of our environment. Come on. Come on. You need it, man. Let's... Let's worship this song, okay? As we sing this song, let it touch you. Let it transform you. Yes, Lord. Come on. Oh, yes, Lord.